This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. It is Tuesday, which means Mark Stein will be joining us shortly. Looking forward, very much forward to that, ladies and gentlemen. 800-848-WABC is how you participate on this program. 800-848-WABC, numerically expressed. 800-848-9222. Today, of course, another sad day in New York history. We learned from New York Police Commissioner Keechan Sewell this afternoon that uh, New York City Police Officer Wilbert Mora the second person police officer involved in that horrid shooting over the weekend has succumbed to his wounds. And he put up a fight for his life for five days. Uh, the police commissioner said it is with great sadness. I announced the passing of police officer Wilbert Moore. Wilbert is three times a hero for choosing a life of service for sacrificing his life, sacrificing his life to protect others, for giving life even in death through organ donation. Our heads are bowed and our hearts are heavy. 27 years old. And we mentioned yesterday that there have been five shootings. This is the second police officer to lose his life so far this year. We're not even out of January yet. Um, the <clears throat> perpetrator in this case, by the way, uh, it was announced earlier that there was an AR-15 loaded underneath his mattress, as well as the Glock that he used. <clears throat> he died yesterday, or the day before, I, the days are running together. So this unfortunate, horrible, tragic shooting has resulted in three deaths, two of New York's, truly of New York's finest. Officer Jason Rivera, and now Officer Wilbert Mora. Uh, the BLM chapter that uh, that ranted and raved, I think they were out of D.C., that everybody's so quick to call officers who are shot heroes have been themselves facing a lot of criticism for their insensitive remarks, as they should. And other news in New York, as you no doubt know, 
a courageous judge, Justice Thomas Raidmaker, struck down Governor Hochul's, the unelected Governor Hochul's, mandate requiring mask or proof of full vaccination at all indoor public places. State Supreme Court Justice Thomas Raidmaker said that regardless of how well aimed the intentions of state officials, such authority is entrusted solely to the state legislature. Now, that brings us to New York State Attorney General, Trump hater, Letitia James, who has put aside her Trump hate campaign persecution momentarily so that she could file notice of appeal and intend to appeal ruling Monday night. I guess A.G. Letitia James, when busy not trying to persecute the Trump family, figures she wants to be in the back pocket of the unelected governor of the state and would-be dictator, at least when it comes to these policies, the unelected Governor Hochul. We recorded today the second installment of On the Border. And I have to tell you, Rich, do you have any sound from that? On the Border is a podcast series that I'm doing with Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, and it is original reporting that you will not hear anywhere else. The reporting today is astounding at what the U.N. is doing down below our southern border to aid and abet the illegal entry of illegal immigrants into the United States. And I do not understand for the life of me why our Congress is so quiet about this international organization with illegal immigrants to breach America's borders, to breach our laws, to make a farce of American laws, laws, and to attack the national security of this country. If I can, I'll play a few a soundbite or two from that podcast today. I think it launches, the second in this series launches tomorrow. Speaking of illegal immigration, a representative from Kentucky, James Comer, who's on the House Oversight Committee, is demanding the Biden administration come clean. And this story might surprise some of you who weren't paying attention at the time. He wants to know what happened to the millions and millions of dollars that that the Biden administration moved out of its COVID vaccination efforts so that it could house these migrant children, these 
immigrants that came into the country unvetted that the Biden administration in the dead of night spread all over the country. Did you know that funds that were supposed to go toward COVID were being used to house this illegal surge of immigration into the United States? Representative Comer, Kentucky, is demanding that the Biden administration, Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, the Office and Budget, Office of Management and Budget Director, Shalanda Young, and others come up and tell the American people why and how they use funds that were supposed to help us fight COVID to instead house unaccompanied minors into this country. So on one hand, this administration tells you that COVID is the most important thing. They make all kinds of rules and regulations. And by the way, the FDA has now attacked states like Florida again on them limiting the, the treatment that Floridians can get. It's a political battle between the administration and Ron DeSantis. That's what it comes down to. There's so much politics here, not science, politics. And this is another part of the politics in this administration. Take money from COVID and use it to house um, a surge of migrant children who should have been turned around at the border and sent back to live with their parents. It is astounding what Americans are being asked to put up with. And it is astounding what we, the people of the United States, are putting up with. When we get back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be joined by none other than Mark Stein. Looking forward to it. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Cheryl Lynn brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Got to be real. Always appropriate bumper music for Mark Stein. Got to be real. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he is the star of stage and screen. The star of recordings in seven continents across the earth. He's the best-known media figure in the Commonwealth of the Queen. And he's our very own undocumented anchorman. I give you the one and only Mark Stein. Oh, 
I, I was enjoying that, that fantastic horn section and your words, the, whatever you were saying, the, uh, the, the most famous man in Her Majesty's Commonwealth. You should have been saying that over that fantastically tight horn section. That would have sounded great. Hit that, uh, hey, Rich, hit it. Hit Cheryl in again, please. Yes. Mark Stein. The most popular <laughs> media figure in the Commonwealth. And there we go. Yeah, I, I, I think for Christmas I'm just going to give myself a CD of you voicing over the bumper music <laughs> introducing me. That's, that's the only music I need. <laughs> Mark, what a week this has been. Mark, you have to tell me, what drives liberal compassion? Please explain liberal compassion to me. The reason I'm asking you to do that is because I liberals tell us that they're the most compassionate people in the world. And we conservatives, we people who actually believe in constitutions and silly things like that, why we're soulless beings. And here we are in Boston, Baskin, a mm. patient has been removed from the heart transplant list. According to this guy's father, he is truly fighting for his life. He's in bad shape. He's on the heart transplant list. And they kicked him off because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Yeah, this is this is extraordinary to me. Um, this is what people, in at the time of Obamacare, people used to say, this is what happens under socialized government health care systems, that if you don't live your life uh, the way uh, they want you to, then they won't treat you. So if you're a smoker, I think this was in Manchester, England at one point, they wouldn't treat, they wouldn't treat you for heart disease because there was no point. You were a smoker, so you're just going to die anyway. Uh, likewise, and again, it's all, it's very selective. It's they, when it gets to anything complicated or infringing on liberals version of designated victim groups, then they don't go anywhere near it. Uh, but they but they expect you to live your life according to the way the government health care system has. This country supposedly has a private health care system. And yet you now have doctors essentially breaking their Hippocratic oaths. Uh, because of and and in, you can't even make a utilitarian argument for it because whether or not you've got the vaccine, you've been triple boosted. I mean, there's some surveys that show if you've had the triple shot, the third jab, you're actually more likely to get the Omicron. So, so it, the vaccine, there isn't even a rational argument about other than, other than abase yourself before rule by experts. And I think this is a very dangerous, I think this is a very, very dangerous thing to be saying that uh, personal medical decisions, if you make a personal medical decision and the doctor uh, doesn't happen to agree with it, even though it's got nothing to do with why you're in the hospital, uh, we're going to pull the plug on you. I think this is at Brigham and Women's Hospital. That's a Harvard teaching facility. And again, these people are supposed to be, they're supposed to be the people that study medical ethics. These are the people that are also the, the, the people that lead the way when it comes to compassion and caring, especially for the little guy. No, now, well, this, the, yeah. the, 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 there's no, there's no point. You're thinking too logically. 
Um, I was I was talking to Naomi Wolf uh, yesterday, uh, earlier this week, and she's someone who is a liberal feminist who happens to be against all these COVID things. And, and she suddenly realized that all her liberal feminist friends whose rationale for abortion is that the state can't tell you what to do with your own body, keep your rosaries off ovaries and all the rest of it are in fact all demanding that well keep your keep the government off my body but that guy over there the government should get into his body jab him twice in the arm for the for with the Pfizer and then give him a booster shot every three months whether he wants it or not and and it's it's a basic medical ethics thing in fact it's the Nuremberg code that everyone goes on about and people think oh I might google it but it's only going to be boring it, it won't take long because it's actually there in the the first sentence that that all that uh, the consent of the patient has to be required so this idea that you're now uh, saying to people uh, you can't actually partake in normal life unless you put this thing in your arm is is uh, is a te- but to go back to your broader point james you know the reason the left is not compassionate because it's true for the covid but it's also true for these awful stories of crime in New York is they care for they care about ideology. Compassion is an ideology to them. So individual human beings hither and yon mean nothing to them. The fact that uh, the fact that you have an ideology of compassion is more important than the fact that your compassion causes poor people in rough neighborhoods to be preyed on, to be robbed, to be mugged, to be stabbed. doesn't matter because you have the ideology of compassion. And so it's this, exactly the same thing as communism. When you get into a discussion with, I say, well, of course, yes, it failed in uh, it failed in the Soviet Union and it failed in uh, China. But you know, real communism has never been tried, and that's oh. how they feel about compassion. Their compassion leads to huge numbers of dead people, uh, huge numbers of impoverished people, huge people who don't get to lead their lives to their fullest potential. But that's it doesn't matter because the ideology of compassion is still so pure and beautiful. Now, the Supreme Court, Mark, on Monday, as you know, agreed to hear two cases challenging affirmative action, Harvard University of North Carolina. This could actually, depending on how they rule, make the 14th Amendment mean something again, that they're supposed to be equal neutral treatment of citizens from the government. You're not supposed to single someone out based on their race or based on gender or anything like that. Um, and, and and so I want to ask you that in combination, the liberals already have their panties in a bunch because they think Roe v. Wade is, is just about done. Now if you put together this case with affirmative action and Roe v. Wade, Let's say the decisions on these on these two cases come down where liberals don't like it. What do you what do you think the ramifications are for the country? Do you think that liberals are just going to go quietly away into the night or will there be another 30, 40, 50 year battle to reinstate both of these? No, I I think well, I don't like to look 30 or 40 years ahead because, you know, who who knows what America is going to be looking like by that stage. I mean, everything's up for grabs, but they won't. They're not going to let that go easily. And 
that in itself will condition the way these fellows approach it. John Roberts' whole view of the Supreme Court is that, in a sense, he wants he's checked the no publicity box. He wants it in the witness protection program. <laughs> uh, that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to say or do anything that is going to be so startling uh, that people start turning up. Uh, outside the doors of the homes of these nine guys. And he's very, he's very concerned about that. So John Roberts' thing on both these issues will be trying to figure out a way to torture the language uh, so that he can keep Roe versus Wade or maybe shrink it just a little. Uh, likewise with the affirmative action, just shrink it just a little, write it in legally so no one quite understands how it's been shrunk, and then figure out whether it's uh, Gorsuch or Comey Barrett or Kavanaugh that he has to persuade to come over with him. And that's his, that's his way of thinking on these things. The, the affirmative action thing I find just... I, you know, I, Asian Americans are the most discriminated against. Yes. In the... My kids used to do this thing called mathletes where you compete uh, with your grade school on four-man math teams. And my kids, when they were, whatever they were, eight, nine, ten, understood <laughs> that how the championship works out, the New Hampshire Mathletes Championship, is according to how many Asians are on the other guy's team. <laughs> so, you know, there was a one fancy private school where all the members were Asian and the teacher was Asian. And so they said, these are nine-year-old, my nine-year-old boys. They said, oh, yeah, so that team's going to win. And then there's, <laughs> there's broken down loser school uh, up in the hills somewhere where it's just the same 12 families who've been providing the grade school children for 200 years. And, uh, and they've got no Asians. And my kids figured out, well, because our school, someone had adopted an Asian. So <laughs> they would come. To, and these. This is how this is how normal people talk about these things. So this is how my kids talk at this is how my kids talk at grade school, uh, doing the odds on the mathletes thing, like uh, you know Damon Runyon guys and dolls figuring the odds on who's going to win, and uh, and then they uh, you know what, what what then happens? They go to Harvard and suddenly there are no Asians. Where did all the Asians go? They drop out of school. Wait. It's like, uh, I don't know, I mean, it's, and again, it's that liberal compassion thing. Oh, yes, we, uh, slavery was so bad. So that means that, uh, oh, somebody from the, the Pacific uh, Islanders, uh, someone from Micronesia, they, they didn't get here in time to be enslaved, but they still benefit from the affirmative action. But these other people... <laughs> <laughs> the guys we used to have uh, digging digging the uh, ra the track bed for the for the uh, transcontinental railroad they were pretty good for that but we don't want them going to Harvard <laughs> that's <laughs> liberal thinking. <laughs> oh, last story, Mark. The actor Peter Dinklage is really ticked. <laughs> yes, uh, Disney has 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 decided. That uh, th this woman that did uh, West Side Story, I don't know any of these people anyway, Rachel mm. Zegler or somebody and, mm. and somebody else, they're going to be, they're doing Snow White over again, okay? And Dinklage is losing his mind. He's saying that, you know, it, it makes no sense. 
you're progressive in one way, and you're still making that effing backward story about seven dwarves living in a cave together. What the f are you doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this actually, but a very famous theatrical producer. He used, he used to do a, a, an English Christmas panto just for sort of insiders every year. He'd invite people around, but it would have huge stars in it. And, and he did a remake of S Snow White where the seven dwarves were living in a Manhattan bathhouse. And that, <laughs> and that oddly enough, that made more sense than the original seven dwarves. But but I take this guy's point. But the fact is, our, our pop culture is completely exhausted. So all we can do, we're li like, all we can do is recycle. Disney is just recycling stuff it owns. But it's saying, oh, yeah, well, we'll do Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. But uh, we'll make uh, Snow White a Muslima and the dwarves will be transgenders and all the rest of it. And and it's it, all it's all it sums up is that we are creatively completely exhausted and all these this this idea of oh who's the next james bond going to be do you uh, do do you think he should be muslim do you think he should be transgender well wait a minute if you want a transgender secret agent why don't you actually create something of your own but they can't it's it's a complete it's completely and and the reason it happens is because we uniquely for the first time in human history we have corporate storytelling where ah. characters characters are owned by Disney or they're owned by Warner Brothers or they're owned by Marvel Comics. So it's not the creative spark of an individual uh, author or creator. It's, it's basically uh, what you get when it's corporate storytelling. So actually, so actually, they—that's how they look at it. They look at it in, you know, like you might change the name of your soap powder or whatever. And the and the corporate storytelling has complete. I don't even know how people can bother following it because, uh, well, you know, what's oh, I like Spider Man. What, what do you mean by Spider? Was that the Hispanic Spider Man or the gay Spider Man? <laughs> I mean, why don't you why don't you get off your lazy, flabby Hollywood butts and actually do something new? Well, you know what? I don't know whether I will uh, ever see uh, the new version of uh, Snow White, and I assume that Mr. Dinklage doesn't want to roll as one of the uh, uh, seven, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see what Disney actually... You know the Disney heir, um, uh, uh, Abigail... Uh, is that her name? Abigail Disney? She went on a tear the other day about how greedy Disney and all these other Hollywood companies are. Yeah, no, I think that's I well that's the other thing. It's the idea of woke corporations ought to be a contradiction in terms. You know, why do you care what Disney's messages or Marvel Comics messages or Warner Brothers messages? I mean, because obviously these are the ultimate capitalists. Uh, but the only difference is it's not even an actual product. It's not even like getting a cheap T-shirt from China. It's getting 90 minutes of boring, woke, <laughs> non -inter I mean, the last, I don't even know about this remake. I saw a Snow White remake. It was called uh, a couple of years ago with my daughter. We were bored sniff. It was called <laughs> Snow White and the Huntsman. 
and uh, mm. and and it was boring as hell. And as we came out of the theatre, my daughter said, uh, "What do you think of it?" And uh, it was uh, the joke was a little above her head. But I said, uh, "Snow White and the Huntsman." I'd rather have seen Snow White and John Huntsman. <laughs> <laughs> he he was running for president, I think, at the time. Right. And uh, and and I was I. I, this they've done. They're, they're remaking the remakes of the remakes, you know, and they can do it. I'd love to see. You know, I'd love to see uh, a remake of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers in in uh, Top Hat, nineteen thirty three, but with all the dancing just done by computers. <laughs> So oh you, well, yeah, sounds lovely to me. And you know, that so it's the equivalent of the CGI battle scene, but choreographed better. You know what's amazing, Mark? You bring up all these special effects movies, and I tell you, the last super, the last Marvel stuff that I saw, I was so bored by the end of the movies. To yeah. me, the stories were just so bad that it was just like, okay, this is all special effects. Yeah. And, it's the, and now the, the special effects are recycling. Every one of these things, you get like the gold lantern magic thing that Doctor Strange has, and it's all over the place. And yeah. it's the same stuff over and over again. No, so. no, and and it goes on the forty-minute CGI battle scene, and then the other thing I can't stand about these, you know, X Men thirty-seven or whatever is <laughs> the plot gets super complicated. Like there's tons of it, but none of it means anything. And then at the end. <laughs> And then at the end, the Incredible Hulk rips a hole in the space-time continuum. So you go back to 1958, before any of them were born, and start all over again. <laughs> so I, I don't know how people fall for that. I mean, if, I, if, I, if, if, if Shakespeare had ended Hamlet by doing that, people have said, well, I don't really get it. I've just wasted the last three hours following everything that's going on. And now it's gone back to before Hamlet was born. What's up with that? <laughs> Mark Stein, always a pleasure. We will look forward to hearing from you next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Thank you, James. Talk to you then. <laughs> Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurvy on WABC. And we will be right back. Don't go away. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. Oh, my goodness. The hustle. Van McCoy from the disco era. Do the hustle. The Democrat theme song. And that's what they do. Here's a perfect example, actually, of the hustle. House Democratic Conference Chairman Hakeem Jeffries. Thank you, by the way, to Kerry Pickett, Washington Times. Thank you, Kerry Pickett for breaking this story, because most New Yorkers would not be aware of it if you did not break this story, Kerry. House Democrat Conference Chairman Hakeem Jeffries has been enjoying a tax break that cuts the property tax on his Brooklyn condo to a mere $213 a year. 
newly released records. Now, this is the same. This is the guy that many people think will replace Nancy Pelosi. This is the guy who, on a regular basis, throws gasoline on racial hatreds in the country and calls Republicans all kind of names and accuses them of all sorts of things. This is the guy, Mr. Hakeem Jeffries, who frequently calls for the wealthy to pay their fair share of taxes. And you know, here's what we go. Back in 27, 2007, Mr. Hakeem Jeffries purchased his Prospect Park condo unit that got an enormous property tax rollback under what's known as the 421A tax abatement program. Now, he put forward another tax break that leaves him paying a mere $213 a year for his condo in Brooklyn while he calls on the while he calls Republicans all sorts of names and and while he calls on the wealthy to pay their fair share of taxes typical hustle from the democrats there's a story today about George Soros it's in the Washington Times as well about the cash 29 million since 2016 that Soros spent to elect these liberal district attorneys around the country. So there you go. And it's not just the district attorneys out in Oregon, you know, where Antifa rules and can just go parade and riot in the streets for two months. Nobody will ever call that an insurrection. The governor there, Kate Brown, Democrat, of course, has freed almost a thousand convicts without notifying the victims of their crimes or families that were affected, like she's supposed to do. This is just let the Democrats run, let the Demo- let the convicts, let the felons, let the con- let the criminals run free. You see it everywhere. You see Democrat elected officials, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's New York City. Whether it's Dallas, whether it's Chicago, there was another incident I'm looking for today where this time, sadly, it was a six-month-old girl that was shot in the crossfire, one of these gangbangers, dead in the car. This stuff is happening all over the country, folks. It is just, it is so difficult to read about these, these cases that continue to happen on a daily basis. Daily basis. Beto O'Rourke, who's running for governor of Texas again, has is making it known he does not want either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris to come near Texas. Stay away. How's that for popularity? Eugene Robinson today, Washington Post, wrote a piece about we were already seeing what a mistake Virginia voters made. Oh, no, sir. No, Mr. Robinson. We're not seeing that. You're seeing it because that's your liberal lens. The rest of us have seen a great job that Glenn Youngking is doing already to turn back the lawlessness 
that is in the schools and everywhere else that you Democrats have inflicted on the citizens of Virginia. And here in New York, of course, we are still reeling, reeling from what is happening and what has happened to two of our brave police officers. And once again, career criminals on the loose, career criminals who should be in jail and are not. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. When we come back to your telephone call, stay with us. My friends, I want to just tell you about something that uh, we are doing here at WABC, 77 WABC. Following the fatal shooting of two of our heroes, officers Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora, it is so important to show our police departments the support they deserve, not just in New York City, but all around our tri-state area. So please join 77 WABC and in supporting police departments across the tri-state and across our nation. And you can do that by heading over to wabcradio.com slash PIN, P-I-N. And that's where you can get a free 77 WABC Back the Blue pin. Back the Blue. That's right. You can go to 77 WABC, get a free Back the Blue pin. You go to wabcradio.com slash pin. And if that's not enough, you can go to the WABC radio store and shop the the limited edition 77 WABC Black the Blue Back the Blue collection of hats and t-shirts. So we have two things for you. The pin free Back the Blue pin and you can go to the 77 WABC store and get your Back the Blue collection of hats and t-shirts. You might want to take a picture of it, post it to social media using the hashtag 77 WABC BTP Black the Blue. And that's 70, hashtag 77WABCBTB. And if you post that, you might be featured on our social media pages, WABCRadioStore.com. A portion of the proceeds that are raised from this are going to go to the WABC Radio Foundation, which is a registered 501c3 charity. And we, you know, this has been a hell of a week. And I hope that, um, I, I, I know it's at St. Patrick's. I believe it's Thursday. I might be mistaken on that. But the funeral service for, for Jason Rivera, young officer Jason Rivera, is coming up. It's going to be held at St. Patrick's. And I just hope, it's Friday. Thank you, Rich. And I hope that the turnout is simply overwhelming. And for both officers. Let's head to the telephones. Where are we going? All right. Good afternoon, James. Let us begin in Brooklyn today and speak with Mike. Mike, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. Hey, James. I spoke to you about two weeks ago. I'm the police officer, 29 years on the job, that said to you, what do you expect us to do? What should we do? You remember me? Yes, I do. And let me tell you, these two young men, they walked into a situation, and in the back of their head was, am I going to be held liable? What am I walking into? Am I going to lose my job? So they were already, their their thoughts were already clouded. And all of a sudden, this animal comes out and and fires on them. You know, I was going to retire in two months. I pulled my retirement back. 
in the name of these two kids, I will be out there honoring their existence. Uh, Mike, let me just say something to you. Thank you for your service, number one, and that is such an amazing thing that you are doing. I, I I know your heart must be broken. All of our hearts, anyone that has a modicum of compassion, hearts are broken over the loss of these two officers. And it is just it is just stunning that this is the time that we're living in. Rich, where do we go next? We're going to head out to Long Island and speak with Linda. Linda, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. What's on your mind today? Hi, James. That was a really nice call, the one right before me. Yes. That was really, that's a great guy. Oh, I can't, that's why I called, because uh, the mother of that creep is or was a corrections officer. I would like them, um, maybe they should look into this. I mean, these two young officers uh, doing their job were not, there was, as far as I heard, not nothing was reported. They weren't warned. The mother, who has experience right in the field, um, she knew what he was. She knew he had guns. She called him there about his brother. And the whole thing I don't know what she said. We don't know. I, I would like them to look at it. What, what did she say on the 111 tape? And uh, and what did she say? You know, we don't know what she said. Did here, she warn them that, that her son was yeah, armed is didn't. what you're getting she at? She didn't. Yeah. She didn't warn them because she they wouldn't be standing in front of, you know, in front of the door that he could come out and shoot them, right? I mean, they're, they're going to have some kind of protect themselves a little you know, I mean, it didn't make any sense. When well, she said that. now that she regrets yeah. ever calling 911. She's truly sorry, and, and yeah. she's filled with grief. I mean, this woman lost her son. She also said he's mentally deranged, which comes as no surprise. We've been talking about that on this program. That, you know, we better in our society, not just New York, not just this. In this country, we had better start taking mental health a lot more seriously than we do. And this 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 deranged, horrid, horrid. This I, I cannot tell you how heartbreak how heartbreaking this entire episode has been, and the fact that that I, I don't know whether the mother warned them or not. And I think that you have a point that that needs to be looked at whether she did in fact warn um, when she called that look my son may be armed. So we'll we'll just have to see what happens. Linda, thank you for the call. Where do we go next? Where we're going next, let's head out to New Jersey and speak with our friend Carol. Carol, welcome. How are you? Oh, hi there, James. Um, I'm so heartbroken, and I want my condolences to go out to both the Mora and Rivera families. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I can't believe that the mother didn't know that her son had mental issues. I, I, it just no, well, she said that her son had mental issues, and, and, and I do believe that that was, I may be mistaken, but I believe that that was communicated. I, I'm not sure. And nobody did anything about it. Yeah. You know, nothing was done about it. And it's, it's very shocking. By the way, I love Mark Stein. I always enjoy listening to him on the radio. He makes me laugh, and I, I think he's great. So I'm glad that you have him on. Thank you. Mark Stein is one of a kind, I tell you that, and I love him dearly. Uh, thank you. Rhonda is in Indiana. Rhonda, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you this afternoon, my dear Rhonda? 
Hi, James. I'm doing great. I was just listening to you and Mark talking about compassion. And here's what I have learned about compassion and hypocrisy. When compassion, in quotes, involves control, loss of autonomy, restriction of freedom, then it isn't actually about compassion. It's about power and control and a darker agenda. And this is largely why I'm a conservative, because conservative ideas work best for the citizens. Uh, They're based on freedom, personal responsibility, and that is compassion. That is compassion. You know, Rhonda, I forget the name of the book, but a few years ago, well, many years ago now, because Rush talked about it, and I'm going to have to go and get the name of the book, because it was a book that actually sought to talk about what compassion is and define it as not coming from the government, not coming from policies, but compassion in some cases, a lot of the compassion that we want should come from the private sector. Should and and by the way, compassion doesn't always mean saying yes, as we know. It is sometimes very difficult to deliver compassion to people because if you want the best for them, sometimes you just can't tolerate the worst from them. And that is, you know, there's compassion is not just giving in and and just saying the nice things and doing the the quote unquote nice things. Sometimes it requires a great deal of pain to be compassionate to people. I completely agree with that. You're you're exactly right. But when we have the right policies in place, it sets people free to live their lives, to do what they're called to do, and to make a difference in the way that they're wired to make that difference. Absolutely. Rhonda, you are brilliant. Where can people find your blog? Oh, thank you so much. RhondaShrock.com. That's where they can find me. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate that. And by the way, I would like to offer my compassion to the families of those young men. I, As you know, I'm raising young men. I have one son who's 28. And when you said that the officer that just died was 27, it just wrenched my heart around in all kinds of ways. I know it must. Yeah. I will be thinking of them, um, absolutely. And the city of New York, it's been so difficult for New Yorkers in the last two years. So please know New Yorkers will be in my thoughts and my prayers. Thank you, Rhonda. Love you, my dear. James Golden, a.k.a. Bosnelli. Where do we go next, Rich? Let's head over to Putnam County and say hi to Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. Hey, how you doing? Good, I'm Kevin. i going to take you off speaker for a second. Okay. Waiting, uh, waiting, okay. waiting. And here we are. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to hear you. No worries. Airtime. Um, I, I received a, a liver transplant in August of um, last year, and I was not vaccinated. Wow. I had no, I had no, um, that I was actually warned against getting vaccinated by somebody who administers vaccines out in uh, Los Angeles, of all places. And I presented with a MELD score of 49 at um, a hospital in the Bronx uh, after being wheeled into the emergency room with eight hours left of my life. Oh, my gosh. They, uh, there's a whole story behind this. Well, Kevin, thank God you're still here with us. We hope your recovery is coming splendidly. Uh, well, the liver is doing perfectly. Unfortunately, I've got complications from the immunosuppressive regime I've got. 
Yeah. Well, Kevin, look, I'm glad that you are still here with us. We pray you'll be with us for a long time to come, my friend. And this just goes to show you, we were talking about with Mark this story where a man has been pulled off of the heart transplant list. He's fighting for his life already because he's not vaccinated. And, of course, this is what liberals view as compassion, and it is not compassion. It is horrid. And so, Kevin, thank you for getting through. Thank you for calling Unvaxxed, you got an organ transplant anyway, and all of us here in our WABC audience wish you a Godspeed recovery, 100% recovery, Kevin. James Goldman with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Thanks for those of you who waited that we couldn't get to. Today, tomorrow, excuse me, is another fun day and another sad day as we will be mourning our two brave police officers who lost their lives in service for this country for years to come. You know, folks, we live in challenging times in New York. No doubt about it. But this is New York, and we are New Yorkers. We are New York strong. New York is the most incredible, best city you could ever want to live in. America, the same, the best nation, the most incredible nation humanity has ever witnessed on the face of the earth. God bless and protect each and every one of you and families. Back tomorrow. Bye. UTIs are the worst. I've been there. One year, I had eight UTIs. If you get UTIs, then you understand how awful the cycle can be. I was taking all the precautions. And cranberry products, they just never worked for me. I was desperate for a way to be proactive. It was hard on me and on my husband. It was tough to see her in pain, and I wanted to help. I'm Jenna. And I'm Spencer. With Spencer's background in biochemistry. And our shared frustration when it came to UTIs. We were inspired to start Eucora. At Eucora, we make innovative urinary tract supplements and UTI relief products. Our effective urinary tract supplements finally give you a way to be proactive. Feel like you've tried everything? We get it. We have a money-back guarantee so you can try risk-free. If you're not happy, you'll get a full refund. We're on a mission to help women get their lives back. Ready to join them? Go to eucora.com today. eucora.com.